What's up, WizKids, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Jamoke Davis and Chris Gehring here. And you know it's the off season, so we're kind of a little bored. Yeah. We're waiting for news. But? But we the good thing is we have news. Uh, and we're really excited to talk about uh, the Tim Frazier signing uh, and talk about NBA awards with John Wall. He went up to New York for that. Uh, but we also f- have to get the most important thing out of the way, and, and that is we had to call Zach Rosen to join us because we want to know what he's doing on the road trying to enjoy his offseason in what? Milwaukee? Hello, Zach. <laughs> What's going on, guys? We, we decided to just call you and bug you just because we know how much the kids want to know what Zach Rosen is doing with his summer. How you doing up there? Doing pretty well, Jamoke. Uh just uh, enjoying this NBA offseason kind of from afar, but uh, it's an exciting time no matter where you are. But, yeah. yeah, just here home for a little while, and uh, we'll be back soon to, uh, you know, get get in the groove for Summer League. But like all of us, we're all dedicated to the craft. We're all yeah. dedicated to the Wizards. Yes. And things are happening, so and, good and to have everybody here, even that's though right. Jake, except for Jacob, but yeah. whatever. Okay. Jacob and, and Jeremy are not here either, uh, but we did get Tim Frazier. He'll be joining us on the pod uh, in the next segment, so listen out for that. But let's first just talk about our thoughts on Tim Frazier. Uh, Chris, Chris, myself, and Jacob Rain did that interview together. Uh, Chris, let's just start with you. What are your thoughts so far on the move? And I know, as Scott Brooks joked, well, kind of a boring draft because we already made our move, but, you know, it's fun to watch the draft, and we got a great point guard, backup point guard out of it. Yeah, when we talked to Scott Brooks on draft night, he said that, you know, we, he, you know, it, it does make for a boring draft night because we all just sat there and watched the draft unfold, which was still fun to watch. Everybody, I, I think all of us as NBA fans love to watch the draft no matter what and see what's going on, but... <laughs> knowing the track record that we've had recently with some of the trades that we've made, you know, we've acquired Keith Morris through a draft pick bogey through a draft pick uh, last year. And he jumped in and contributed now, Tim Frazier, I think, I think a a fairly general consensus was that if not a unanimous consensus was that the, the level that we'll get from Tim Frazier on the wizards this season on a team that won 49 games is competitive in the East the level that he'll bring to the Wizards is probably better than what than anything uh, they would have been able to draft at 52. I think that's sound reasoning, and I think when you look at how Tim Frazier's grown, and you know, you'll hear from him about his college career, his D League career, bouncing all over the United States, literally to almost every corner of the country already in his career. Well, you'll see his growth and and his game. I think fits really well. He's an unselfish passer. He fits into, you know, really playing with a, a, a bunch of different kind of guys. And w- what we also know about him is that he's he's always hungry. He's eager to learn from guys like John and Coach Brooks. And so all of those things, I think, make him a good fit for the Wizards culture, the whole D.C. family thing that we've heard that has really blossomed under Coach Brooks. He will fit into that extremely well. I think we we found that out just talking to him today and hearing him talk to the media and I think his skill set, while still growing, 
certainly fits this group as it stands right now. Obviously, we'll see what else happens in this offseason, but I think he fits this group really well. And another thing that I like about him that he's versatile for his size. He's a good rebounder. And he's one of a handful of players that have a triple double last year. Like I yeah. think that is an accomplishment. Off the bench, not yes, off the Shout bench. Out to the off, yes, that's right. Hashtag Bug. off the bench, right, Zach? I mean, that's a very positive thing when you think of someone who's going to back up our Wall Star and John Wall. Yeah, I think for his size, Frazier really you know makes the most of his frame. He's not going to wow you with his shooting numbers, but He's just a really solid facilitator. And like you said, he crashes the boards, he hustles, and he's going to just bring stability to a position of need. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. Who yeah. knows exactly how much he's going to play. I think we can expect Tomas Sadoransky to play a lot more next season too. Uh, but if anything, it's just bringing a sure thing in. But the 50-second pick, I mean, the Pelicans ended up trading that pick for cash in the end anyway so i think it was a big win for the wizards to, to get a player they can count on uh instead of having to develop another guy yeah i totally agree and the thing that he one last thing that he mentioned and you'll hear him talk a little bit more about it but he has some familiarity with guys on our team i think that he has you know he has a, a limited amount of familiarity so far just from playing the wizards in limited action from the pelicans and uh, his time out west as well, but I think he'll I think he'll just be a really good fit in this organization. He will bring the he'll bring the um, the grit that Coach Brooks talked about on draft mm-hmm, night. Mm-hmm. All those things are are positive, and then we'll see how else this team shapes up. And certainly, there's more to learn as the off season goes on. But certainly, as good of a move that the Wizards could have made, and then like Zach said, I, I agree with. Um, Usually we saw what the Pelicans did with it, and so for yeah. us to get something from it I think is important to note. Add to that, he's a D-League MVP as well as he was Rookie of the Year, all D-League first team, all D-League rookie first team, and all D-League defensive second team honors with the main red claws. The Washington Wizards are going to be getting their own G-League team as has changed from the letter D to the letter G. Uh, so it'll be exciting. Look, I'm not going to act like we he's necessarily going to end up back in the G League. You'd love for him to make this roster. I'm sure he wants to be able to stay on this roster. But it does show that that at some level, past college, he's showing that he has winning ability and and can can lead a team to, I don't want to say to greatness, but I, I just, I don't know. I feel like for so long we've been dealing with who will be the backup point guard. And if Tim Frazier does end up being the backup point guard, I, I really do hope that we have a good one in, in Tim. And, and he's passed first. That's what I love, right? Yeah, and and a couple of things to note there. I know that me and Zach and, and Jacob, too, have talked about this, is that, for one, you know, being kind of the latest in a, in a line of backup point guards, that's not totally uncommon throughout the NBA. I think a lot of teams deal with this, and so – I know that that's something that we hear a lot of, but I think that Tim Frazier is going to be hopefully a, a, a stable addition. He's still young and, and can grow, um, but that's not you know a totally uncommon uh, thing to have a lot of you know shuffling on the on the bench in that sense. And then um, we haven't really talked too much about the G League, but I think it'll it'll really help this team. And he has some interesting insight as well as to what 
the D League now G League meant yeah. to his career. So stay tuned, and I think he has some really good insight that kind of backs up what we heard from Coach Brooks and and Ernie Grunfeld once that announcement was made. Do you remember him at Penn State at all, Zach? I know you didn't go to Penn State, but just you know, he seems to not only be un, undrafted, but like almost like a diamond in a rough type player. Uh, yeah, I do remember him actually. Uh, Penn State always got the Badgers numbers uh, kind of during our glory years uh, in the last five years. But I always remember him being like a problem, a, a tough guy to guard. He was more of a scorer in college, I would say. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, he, I remembered him for sure when he, you know, started making in the league. And I think that the one thing that stood out was that he was always on some kind of, you know, not so good Penn State teams, but he stood out to me whenever we played him and I remembered his name. So that's got to, you know, that means something. So I think that leadership being on a team like that, uh, could bring you a long way. I mean, let's face it. He hasn't had the easiest road to the NBA. And I think that you'll see that in his work ethic, that's not going to change. And I, I heard from, you know, the notes from his press conference today that he was working out when he got traded and, didn't know about it for a few hours so i mean it just goes to show you that he's he's working hard already here in june yeah scott brooks said quote he's a winner tough kid gritty knows how to play another guy that can push the pace and continue our pace and play fast defensively he's scrappy i think he's a great pickup a great addition he has another important piece to our team he gives us some options at the position playing behind john but then zach you had the article talking about uh what we got in him uh, in Tim Frazier, I said in him. Uh, as you mentioned, he is a, a standout with Penn State. Uh, and I think that guys who are successful and stay four years in college, would you say maybe Chris or Zach that that makes for a better, stable, professional player? Do you think that helps translate? Because I know he's played for Portland, New Orleans, D-League. But maybe that four years at Penn State added that base for him to be a solid backup to John. Zach? Yeah. I, I mean, he was a four-time All-Big all Ten academic selection. He had two bachelor's degrees. I mean, it's that's the kind of character that breeds success into the league when perhaps you're not the most valued draft pick. You go undrafted. You have to work your way up. And, again, like I said, it, it just says a lot about the guy, that he's going to work hard. He's going to listen to the coaching staff uh, and – I think he's just a great fit, like Chris was saying. And I think he's going to be a really easygoing guy. He's going to want to you know, hang out with everyone. He's going to be a big part of the team. And another note there is that that makes, that makes sense all the more with this organization, especially under Coach Brooks, you know, a guy who was undrafted himself, Sheldon Mack, who mm-hmm. is undrafted and expected to – um, we'll see him hopefully grow at summer league and into this roster when training camp arrives. Yeah, Daniel Ochefu, who stuck with the team for the entire year um, after being undrafted, and so I think that that's the kind of character, like Zach was saying, that's the kind of mold these guys that have played high level college basketball for four years. The experience that they gain from that—that's certainly something that's valued throughout the Wizards organization, um, clearly, and so that makes him another good fit in this in this culture and i know that we've we've said fit a million times in this podcast but i really think it's true (laughs) i really think it's true and um so we'll see where we go from here but 
certainly all signs point to him being a great pickup. He was great, you know, talking yeah. to us as well, and you'll hear that shortly. So Here's a little nugget. I'm not even going to take credit for it. I would never take credit for it if it wasn't my nugget. Uh, I was reading Candace Buckner's article in the Post about him. Uh, and first 15 games, the top players uh, assist per game. Wall, Harden, Westbrook, Chris Paul, LeBron James, and one Tim Frazier. That's the kind of player that you're going to get. Pass first, low turnovers. I think he'll be a solid backup for John Wall. And coming up on Off the Bench, you will hear from Tim Frazier. We sat down with him to talk about his move to Washington, uh, how the D-League helped shape him as a player. And uh, you'll learn some funny little personal tidbits about why he became a pass-first point guard. Off the Bench, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Joining us now is the newest Washington Wizard, Tim Frazier, thank you very much for joining us, and how are you doing? I'm good, man. Excited, man. Thank you guys for having me. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so we we are all talking about the different questions that we want to ask you because we love to have you as a, as a part of this team. We know there was a trade for that 50-second pick that brought you here. Just talk about your thoughts about, you know, you play with Dame Lillard. Now you get to play with John Wall. What is that like for you as a, a point guard to come into a team and be able to contribute? Honestly, it's special, man. I get to play with, you know, two all-stars, two great point guards. You know, obviously I learned a lot from Damian, and now I get to learn, you know, as much as I can from John and Brad and the rest of these guys, man. It's like I'm a kid in a candy store, man. It's exciting to be able to just come on and just try to learn as much as possible. I I know I got a long ways to go, but, you know, one of the first steps is to be around guys that are, you know, in the positions that you want to to make. Mm -hmm. Tim, you've you've been, um, during your career so far, you've you've had an interesting – arc thus far I'd say and um you've you've put up numbers wherever you've been whether it's been on a 10-day deal a multi-year contract in the D-League at Penn State what is what do you think that says about um about your place in this league and and what the this position is to you I think first and foremost man I'm writing a a hell of a story (laughs) absolutely no question I I don't know I'll be I'll be first in line to buy your book I don't know how many guys have um you know, been through and done things that I've done is on different teams and, you know, the ups and downs. But, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. Uh, I love the game of basketball. I love playing it. And, and I'm just excited every time I get out on the court, anytime I get a chance to, you know, put the jersey on, man, you, got, you don't take that for granted. Most recently, you know, playing with the Pelicans and playing in the Western Conference, you don't see a whole ton of the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you've seen on the floor against the Wizards before, on tape, where – in especially now coach brooks's system mm-hmm. do you see yourself fitting in with the squad and you know what are, what are the ways that you play that fit the way that these guys are on honestly I mean, i'll tell you tell you guys about how i'm writing my own story i think something that i learned young was um you gotta adapt mm-hmm. you know and, and every team i've been on i've had a different role and i think the the best thing about it is to be able to accept your role and be able to you know thrive in it you know so i'm excited to see what you know what what role my what my role will be here? You know, I haven't sat down with Coach Brooks yet. I think I know he had his anniversary when we talked on the phone. But I'm excited to see what my role will be and how I can help the team. You know, that's my my ultimate goal is just to help the team for us to win. And as I was reading some of the different articles, people's reactions, Scott Brooks, Ernie Grunfeld talking about bringing you in here and and having a solid backup point guard for John. But also one thing I found uh, interesting uh, talking to people just about 
you're a past first point guard. At 1.15 games with New Orleans, you were uh, taking the place of Drew Holiday. You were in the top 10 assists in the NBA at, at one point. What does that mean to you about being a past first point guard? And do you think that's in some ways dying in the NBA where you're seeing more ball dominant point guards that score? I've, I've grown up, I've always been past first. You know, I would rather get 15 assists and 15 points or 30 points than me accumulated. But I've always been that way. And I think that's helped me as far as making my my different stints in the league because you know you know whatever you find that you're good at and that you thrive at you should continue to go at that as well as work to work on your weaknesses but as far as the dying in the league I you know things change all the time and you look back back in the day you know guys weren't dunking then you know Dr. J and all those guys started yeah. dunking and that became yeah. something huge and then you know that kept going guys everybody started dunking and then now it became the floater and then it became the finger roll and the sky hook you know <laughs> so every and now you know Steph has guys shooting threes from half court you know mm-hmm. so you know the game changes you know as far as as far as the pass first point guards go I don't think there are, there are many out there but you know I mean that makes that makes myself and those other guys um, special mm-hmm. I read that uh, I read that quote by your sister about how you've wanted to be a pass first guy ever since you were you were little, and that mm-hmm. was. Uh, I read that, and I was like, "That's that's gonna be perfect mentality for this." I think I think that even came from because in our family, she was the shooter. <laughs> she played she played college <laughs> ball, right? Yeah, yeah. she played, she played college ball. She played basketball at Rice University, and um, she was the shooter. So I guess when I was younger, <laughs> yeah, you had I was to kick always, it to her. I was always <laughs> passing her, rebounding, and passing her the ball. So I think that kind of just instilled in me. Um, how's have you? Uh, you started with the move to D.C. yet? You started looking at a place to live yet? Man, I got here yesterday. So you know, trying to meet everybody, put phone numbers to faces. You know, uh, one thing that this organization did when when a trade happened, I got texts from everybody and calls from everybody, which was huge, welcoming welcoming me. So now I'm trying to put phones and faces. And I've been to D.C. a couple of times, obviously being from Penn State. Yeah. Um, so you know, a couple of times I came down with some teammates for Thanksgiving because I couldn't get all the way down to Houston. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, holidays, so I've yeah. been around. Then obviously playing against the Wizards, and, and I think one time back in college I was trying to make it to Penn State and got stuck here because of the story. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent like two nights here, but you know I'm still trying to. I'm just excited to be here, man. I'm the move will, will happen. Who on the Who on the team have you spoken to so far? Um. Well, I've known John since high school, so you know I chat every time we see each other. And mm-hmm. then I was in New York um, before the Players Awards, and I ended up seeing him that Sunday, so I chatted. With oh, him cool. There. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I saw him, and uh, um, obviously Sheldon or Sheldon Mack. Now I forgot he changed his name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sheldon, you know, obviously because we grew up together, and so I spoke to him. Saw Brad yesterday. Um, who else? What so, in in talking to those guys? What is it like now? You know, you're not just coming to a team where I feel like the NBA is more of a camaraderie, mm-hmm. that you kind of know some of these players ahead of time. Yeah. That makes it easier for that transition. And obviously, you're going to have uh, not so much summer league, but right now you're already kind of working out with them, playing mm-hmm. at night in the morning, just getting that rapport with them down. Man, that's huge. You know, the NBA is a brotherhood. And like you said, I was able to compete against these guys for the last two, two, three years, you know, and especially last year being able to go against guys and, and play, you know, obviously you earn you earn a lot of respect from them, and you give them a lot of respect. And I had nothing but respect every time we played Washington. I think he beat New Orleans <laughs> both times last time uh, last year. So you know, I've met the guys, I've spoken to them, and you know, I'm I'm excited to be able to be part of their their brotherhood that they have here. It seems like everybody's tight knit, everybody loves each other, everybody loves playing with each other, and you know, that's what the great teams do. 
off the floor we saw you down in new orleans and all-star weekend being really active in the community mm-hmm. we have a lot of guys on this team john brad you know, the leaders of this team on our on the floor are very much leaders in our community mm-hmm. too what are some of the initiatives that you've been a part of before and and looking forward to a, a big community that we have here in dc how important is that to you outside of basketball man it's huge because you know i've always been someone that just wanted to build my brand and to give back because at one one point growing up i was one of those kids that was looking up to nba players and looking up to you know professional athletes so you know i'm always want to give back and like i said earlier man i wrote a i'm writing a great story man and it's mm-hmm. easy to you know everybody just think that they will be the number one pick and, and do those things or be as john walls of the league and mm-hmm. anthony davis's but you know, I think, you know, it's it's cool to hear and have other guys out here that, you know, that have paid their way and done different, find another way to make it into the league. We recently announced that Washington will have a new G League team mm-hmm. uh, coming up in the next few seasons. What does it mean to you to know that you are not just the MVP of when it was called the D League, but really that's kind of like what built your reputation up as a quality player to be an MVP of a league and, and be able to catapult that into a longer career in the NBA. Right. I, I have nothing but respect for the D, now the G League. You know, they've given me the first opportunity to showcase my talents at a, at a professional level. And, you know, obviously it was different now. I'm, I'm hearing new rules that they're getting. <laughs> everybody's getting teams and there's more money in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, things are changing. And that's all for the, for the, for the better of the, of the league. You know, I think the G League is – just that step underneath of the minor league of the NBA. And, you know, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, I've always, always said that to guys coming out of college, why not? If you really want to chase this dream and you're not in dire need of money and you really believe that you can make it, why not go and try it out? And, yeah. I, and I did that. I put put all my effort and in, in hours and sweat into it, and, and it paid dividends for me. Yeah. Now you play – go ahead. You have questions? No, go ahead. Okay. You played on both coasts. What's the difference between the people in Maine and Portland and as you travel the, the world, but just those two in, in particular? Because I feel like we always talk about East Coast versus West Coast. Um, I, like I said, <laughs> I went from Houston, Penn State, Penn State to Boston, from Boston to Philly, Philly. No, Boston to Maine, from Maine to Philly, <laughs> Philly back to Maine, and then Maine all the way to, to Portland, Oregon, and from Oregon to New Orleans. Like, I've, I've been around and – I think the biggest difference is obviously, you know, the East Coast people is all fast paced, man. You can't drive around here. <laughs> people are driving nuts. And, you know, the taxi drivers are crazy. I'm speaking about New York. And, but, you know, man, everywhere you go, man, you meet, you meet great people and you meet different you know, from different backgrounds. And, and I like that. You know, I've, when I went to Penn State, that was the first time me seeing snow, like legitimate snow or snow on the ground. And, and that was a huge to me. And then I was in Portland where it was raining all day, every day, and that was that was different to me too. And in New Orleans, you know, you're down there, it's closer to home, but that's a different vibe, and I enjoy it. And now I'm in D.C., the nation's capital, man. I'm excited. It's going to be a different vibe. And like I said earlier, you got to be able to adjust and, and get as much as you can from everybody. I'm going to talk, ask questions, and I want to learn as much about D.C. as I learned about all those different different places. To you, uh, last, uh, last okay. question. Uh, do you know what number you're gonna be wearing? Yep. I'm trying to figure that out now. I think you know some numbers are tired. I, you know, obviously I wore two. I think that one's. I think that one's taken. <laughs> that one, yeah, that one might, I don't know. Get. I think he. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think that one's taken. So I, I, you know, I figured it out. I think, you know, I wore ten two, maybe ten minus two, give you eight. You know, okay. Yeah. Was there special I'm not meeting really, twenty three in college? Uh, I wore twenty three. My sister was my role model. Still in my role model, and she wore twenty three, so I wore that for her. Everybody thinks it's Michael Jordan, but I really wore yeah. it for her. But she oh, wow. wore it because yeah. of Jordan. Yeah. Oh, 
I no, don't know. she was probably just giving. <laughs> she it. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it's paid. You know, twenty three has been. You know, the number that I, I wore for her. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Well, yeah, thank we'll you very tuned. much for joining us. We we uh, we wish you the best this summer, and look forward to having you on the podcast in the future. Thank you, man. Thank Appreciate you, Tim. Yep. All right. Thanks, ciao Sam. for now, everybody. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Tim Frazier. I think the funniest thing was that he picked number 23 because of his sister, Chris. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And even when he, you know, when you put on him that, you know, he he was the one that picked it because of Jordan. You know, he even he disputed that. I think it's really <laughs> cool that, I, I think it's really cool just the relationship that he has with his sister, clearly. And yeah. obviously when we talk to him more, hopefully we'll learn a little more about that. But um, just a really good dude to talk to. Zach, you missed out on a great interview. Yeah, I'm bummed. I really thought he'd be a good one, but you know, we'll we'll get a lot of time with him. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk with him more for sure as the season gets going. So somebody else that Chris was rubbing elbows with, spending time with, was John Wall. You were there at the NBA Awards with John, along with our productions crew. As a nice behind-the-scenes package, you can check that out on Washington Wizards social media and uh, Monumental Sports Network and Facebook and everywhere you could find it because we're blowing it up. But, Chris, yep. let's ju- just tell us about what it was like for you to be a part of the first-ever NBA award, something that you really like, something you'd like to see different, and just, I don't know, you were behind the scenes. Drake, Nicki Minaj, you say hello? What happened? It was really, really cool for me as just a fan of, obviously, basketball and then a fan of pop culture, too. Um, the environment was really cool. I had never been in a red carpet type environment before and so kind of being quote unquote behind the scenes well certainly behind the scenes sometimes yeah but um we got will and yannick got some really great footage and a really good short chat with john at the awards so you definitely need to check that out um but the event itself was really cool i know talking to a couple of the folks that we know around the league through digital media uh, i think a lot of us didn't really know what to expect just because it was the first time (laughs) that anybody had done this and i think some of the players were in the same boat (laughs) But some of the celebrities that came through were really cool. Two Chains was there. Two Adam Chains. Devine from um, Workaholics on Comedy Central was there. Obviously, your basketball dignitaries: Shaq, Kareem, Kenny, mm-hmm. and Charles, and Ernie Johnson from the TNT crew. Seeing all those guys up close was really really cool. And then, of course, uh, Drake. I've personally attended two Drake concerts in my life, so oh my seeing gosh. him like walking at me was. <laughs> Uh, a little bit a little bit much but it was really cool um, so all those things were really neat but I thought that the night in general was was really cool for the NBA I think the the Craig Sager Memorial um, award to Monty Williams was very fitting very touching um, sitting in the room with with that happening I know that there were very few dry eyes in the house for that presentation and, and certainly something that Monty Williams certainly uh, deserves as yeah. somebody who's inspired a lot of people much like Craig Sager so being there for that moment with Ernie Johnson who obviously has a very close personal connection with yeah. with Craig yeah. and Craig's family being there Monty's kids being there um, it was a very very cool moment a very very powerful moment obviously Russell Westbrook winning the MVP was the was the height of the night um and his speech was phenomenal. It wasn't Malcolm Brogdon rookie of the year who's who by the way also gave a very very good speech and I know that president. Uh, the president, Brogdon, he did very well. 
his family being there was very very cool yeah um i think going forward obviously the goal is to have more players there and, yeah you know more yeah. nominees there um but i think for the first run i think it was very cool um Nicki minaj was was great as always um seeing guys like james harden and um john on the red carpet yeah if you haven't seen i mean i'm sure you have by now but if you haven't seen the red suit that john was wearing uh certainly he was among the top three best dressed on the night he should have so. won best dress period <laughs> yeah. at least he should have been up for the award yeah. right you he had why didn't you take like a sign chris and just like <laughs> hold it up and protest he had the whole he had it all working i mean the shoes were great the suit was great um he fit right in on the red carpet as obviously we know john does yeah um with that with that star power and certainly that swagger so uh he fit right in on the night it was cool to see him john with the shades all night right Yeah, john with the shades all night of course um back backstage um had the photo shoot with his uh co-presenter monica brown that was really cool and yeah you know he he you know got along and you know rubbing elbows with all the celebrities obviously drake um familiar with him and there was a cool moment too behind the scenes that we that we got to capture too he got he got to catch catch up with um Paul Pierce as well. What do you think they said? Man, we could have used you last year in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He called game. So he called game. um, So it was cool to see them kind of reconnect and be there for some of those behind the scenes moments. And um, as we all know, you know, John is a star on the floor and certainly a star personality off it. I think he, I think he did well on stage and all that stuff. And I think he really enjoyed it. And so it was just a really cool night for the NBA. Hopefully something that they can grow on the, uh, I think everybody did a a really good job putting it together. You did a good job too. What suit did you wear? I had a black suit. I contemplated going with like a gray suit and a black tie is more of like a traditional black tie thing, but Uh you know, kept it, kept it classy. Everybody looked good. Will looked good. Yannick looked good. Yeah. I think we represented ourselves well. John's crew, obviously Flav, Flav, uh, he wore the, with too. the shades and black, right? Yep. He wore black. So they were all red carpet ready, too, and uh, it was a pretty cool night. I think it's something that certainly the NBA lends itself to perfectly with all these guys being you know, very in tune with the style scene and all those things. Yeah. So it'll be uh, hopefully something they can build off of. All the guys, Draymond and you know, all the players were red carpet ready, and so they're certainly b- made for those uh made for the bright lights and how, new york is, a, is yeah, the perfect place i know for it. right how close was your table to the stage we were towards the back but the room was small enough where you know everybody kind of felt it was a uh, how many people you think were there whew, that's a, a thousand two thousand yeah. maybe, maybe a thousand. thousand yeah okay food um, was good fairly small room food was great what'd you have for dessert dessert were mini brownies chocolate covered strawberries it was like one of those i would have had banquet dessert trays i would have had to have some ice cream if you nothing frozen but the food was good steak a little surf and turf action okay great stuff mini biscuits were phenomenal zach another event you missed out on for milwaukee well how do you know i didn't go to some other awards okay what did you go to well on next year cheese fest (laughs) what are you doing up there What are you doing up there, Zach? Uh, just seeing a lot of friends and family, man. I haven't really been back besides when we were here with when the Wizards played the Bucks. But it's been good to catch up with some people. Uh, probably hit some Brewer games. My my last stop before the Wizards. So, uh, and then I'll be back next week. 
ready to take okay. on some but awesome. no, no award shows. No yeah. award shows. Um, okay, but speaking of uh, somewhat awards, uh, players were drafted. None for the Washington Wizards as we made a trade in exchange for our 52nd pick. But what did you guys think of the draft? Zach, we'll start with you. I feel like one, two, everybody knew. I actually thought three was going to definitely be Jason Tatum as well. But just in general, what, what were your thoughts on how the draft, uh, sh- how everything shaked out, and then how you think it affects the Washington Wizards? Uh, it definitely, I think, went a lot is what we thought in the top ten. Um, the trade, the Jimmy Butler trade, kind of mixed it up a little bit. Yeah, it did. Going seven. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's something we can talk about in a little bit. But it's probably better now that Jimmy Butler is out of the East and in the West. Uh, Dwight Howard got traded. That was interesting. Um, and then you know, I think Malik Monk kind of slid a little bit going uh, in our division to the Hornets. So yeah. it'll it'll be fun to to watch. Uh, Malik Monk play. I think he's going to fit in really well with that team. Uh, there were some good second round picks too. I think um, a lot of guys fell due to injury. You know, Harry Giles had some knee concerns. Um, I don't want to butcher his name, but the center from UCLA, Ike Onigbugo. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he slid a lot. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the Kings made a little trade to, to pick up a few extra guys in the top twenty. You know, I don't know if it was a very impactful draft. I do think that Lonzo Ball, Markel Fultz, Jason Tatum, the top three, and then I would say probably Malik Monk. Those four guys are the ones I'm going to watch the most. Uh, And De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento should be a lot of fun as well. Um, But, you know, as much as it kind of stinks not to have a, a draft pick in general, it was cool to watch the draft. It, it kind of went on really long this season, but yeah, you know something that we were talking about in that in a previous podcast is maybe you know with these G League expansions, are we going to see a three round draft in the next coming years? Yeah, and how are they going to do that? So that's one of the things I was thinking about too. Yeah, I feel like I, I I would like to see that. I'd like to see maybe even like four rounds so that you can really develop a farm system with mm-hmm. your G League teams. And I think for the NBA, they're realizing if you look at some of these other little semi-pro leagues or whatever, or players going over to play internationally, hey, if you can grow the G League here then maybe that's even less of some of the players who don't get drafted but are really talented college players that can stay here if they're not drafted, as we talked about with like uh, Michael Young or Chris Jenkins. Now you maybe even if you don't get drafted in the third or fourth round, you can go play for a G League closer to either where you played in college or your hometown, and that's a ticket draw for the NBA along with the player getting a chance to showcase their game a la Tim Frazier who worked his way up to an NBA roster. I think it's a natural next step, and it's something that obviously as I'm a huge baseball fan and I've always loved the the dynamic of minor league baseball that it's when you go to a minor league baseball game at least for me and maybe this isn't a widespread belief but i think it's valuable anyway when you go to a minor league game and there's a prospect that's in action that night or whatever you get the feeling like this is this is cool because i'm seeing kind of the future of my team or Mm -hmm. the future of major league baseball i think that certainly in basketball they have the added they have the added value in how popular college basketball is 
that so many of these guys, you could keep them in the States. You could develop them. You've got the guys that you know are talented, but maybe there isn't room on certain rosters at the time. You develop that. You use name recognition that comes from college, and college basketball is such a huge deal in this country. Yeah. I think kind of combining those things and really bulking up a minor league product for the NBA certainly helps them, and and it it helps them something that – Ernie Grunfeld and, and Scott Brooks talked about in their press conference. I think is really fitting too that they talk about obviously you develop players, but also it gives the organizations an opportunity to develop coaches, to develop trainers, to develop really a culture around their entire organization and not just that NBA roster that you see all the time. So I think it's something that's naturally coming, and I'm sure that you know with Adam Silver and his crew at the league office being very forward thinking and. I think that certainly it's something that they'll explore and, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure are already exploring. All right. Uh, I just want to make this one note that Chris Gehring and Jeremy Hyman were the only two who had someone from their alma mater drafted. Donovan Mitchell for Louisville and Tyler Lydon from Syracuse, unfortunately. Nothing for Pitt and nothing for uh, the Badgers this year. Sorry, Zach. All right, both two guys signed a partial or two-way contracts. It looks like yeah. King, Megan Hayes. So I, I mean, I think they'll make teams. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, we'll me see. Too. There's a, like this G, this whole G League thing is gonna just create so many more opportunities, like we're saying, and it's exciting for I think just for any basketball player that wants to make it in the league, and they see, man, so only sixty guys get drafted, maybe twenty undrafted guys make it in within their rookie year and yeah it, it just makes so many um, opportunities come up now and this is i mean maybe maybe it's just me just not remembering all of them but you know last year kd signed with the warriors that was a big deal but i don't remember many trades like we've had already so far in this offseason including chris paul who's now going to houston like, is that ex- more exciting for the league, or at least for the off season? It's like, oh, more to talk about versus just the draft and then waiting for summer league. Yes, Zach. I think it is. Yeah, it's it's making us remember that the NBA is one of the only leagues in the world that is almost just a twenty four seven, twelve month a year league, and it's really all in reaction to the Warriors' dominance, in my yeah. opinion. The Rockets feel like well we have James Harden he's the runner-up for MVP we need to get another piece or two mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of teams are thinking that way the Cavs are obviously trying to figure out what they want to do as are uh, the Celtics who have a lot of assets and, and if the Wizards were you know, to do something the Wizards as well but you know l- luckily the Wizards do have a really good foundation in the yeah. backcourt and a lot of good role players so mm-hmm. but yeah there's a lot of decisions have to be made not only for next season but for the following years after that yeah and it's it, it's creating a very interesting ripple effect and it's great i mean it's great for the nba and it's great for a lot of teams that have um these front offices that are really worth you know really intelligent and in showing their worth yeah no question and i think you know what we'll i think what we touch on next is obviously the the butler trade came first and that was a shocker and chris mm-hmm. paul um Dwight Howard changing places in our own division and for a Hornets team that certainly like Zach said with Malik Monk is 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 bulking up and we saw Kemba you know we we know what Kemba Walker can do 
we know the kind of potential that Monk has, what kind of player Dwight Howard's been throughout his career. Um, a down year in Charlotte, to be sure, but certainly a great coach in Steve Clifford, somebody that I think is widely respected as, as, as one of the really good coaches in the league. Obviously, there are so many now, but Steve, Cl- mm-hmm. Steve Clifford is certainly one of them, one of those where I know that this season – you know, hearing pregame press conferences and stuff, he's a guy that gives a lot of insight. Clearly, has yeah um, a really good basketball acumen, and so um, it's interesting to see how they're retooling in, in our in our own division, and um, certainly seeing what the Hawks are doing as well. And we'll just keep uh, keep seeing what happens. But the offseason fun is is certainly just beginning. It's uh, it's only the it's only not even july yet so yeah and july 1st is a big day for the nba that's coming <laughs> up is. and uh, of course we will have uh news for you on washingtonwizards.com facebook page you know it'll twitter instagram we'll be there if it's washington wizards we have it here hope you enjoyed this podcast Shmoke davis chris Gehring, zach rosen and jacob rame who is with us for tim frazier we want to thank tim frazier again for joining us hope you enjoyed off the bench ciao for now everybody